Hey everybody, John Millen here with the Millen Group and the Benefit Hackers Podcast. Today I'm gonna talk about how GoodRx works, the pharmacy discount card, right? GoodRx, how does it work and how do they make money? This is mind-blowing. And for years, I didn't even understand this and I was the one recommending it in front of groups of employees and I've heard it being recommended for over a decade. And I never stopped and was like, wait a minute, how does this actually work? And, And how can you have a company built around a free card. This doesn't make sense. There's no cost for the card. There's no membership fee. You just present the card and save money like what was going on. So I'm going to explain and pull back the curtain a little bit because this seems to be a very eye-opening discussion when I bring this up when it comes to group health care. There's, there's an important point of how this relates. And it relates to the whole pharmaceutical and prescription drug aspect of your medical plan. So this is really fascinating to me. And once you hear this, see this, know this, so to speak, you can never unknow it and unsee it. And it's going to have you look at your health plan and your member, your specifically your health insurance card very differently. And so I'm going to go through this with you this morning. So first pull out if you can, if you're at a point now or sometime later, pull out your health insurance card if you have one. And when you pull that card out, it doesn't matter who it's who it's with. You're going to see probably on the front of it a little box with some very small numbers. And you're going to see a bunch of codes and things. I want you to look for in that box something that says B-I-N, BIN. It stands for Bank Identification Number, BIN. And there's a number behind it. That is the number that we're going to key on. That is the key number when you take that card and give it to a pharmacist at a drugstore that number unlocks where things start to happen. That is the key. That single little number determines how much you are paying for your pharmaceutical drugs, not just you, but your employer. Now, if you're on individual plan or you're on Medicaid or on Medicare, you know, you you don't have as much impact on this. You know, you really, but if you have a group health insurance plan, which most people that listen to this show do, this, this makes a huge difference. So this is for those group insurance plans that you're getting at work, so to speak. This is where this comes into play. So every time you go, so you go to the doctor, they say, hey, you have bronchitis. I'm going to give you this inhaler. You got, oh, great, fine. You go to the pharmacy, you give them the script or they wire it in and you pick it up and they're like, okay, it's $75. And here's this inhaler and it's, and it's albuterol. You pay 75 bucks and you start taking it in a few days, you know, a week or two or three, four or five, six weeks later, you're done with your bronchitis, right? It lingers for a while. That drug did not cost, that albuterol inhaler did not cost $75 total. A lot of people don't think this through. They're like, oh, it was 75 bucks. No, that was your share of the cost, the member's responsibility, the member's copay, if you have a copay. If you have an HSA plan, then you're paying a lot more. You're paying a discounted rate. So you're paying potentially hundreds of dollars. This is where you get stung. This is where HSA plans have gone off track. They worked great 20 years ago in 2003. Now prescription drugs are so expensive, you could get hammered on one drug and blow all your savings just from that. So so that little number tells the pharmacist when they punch it in their computer, it tells them what insurance plan you have and how does... How does the pharmacy work and who's paying the bills and who's managing everything? 
And when you hand a good RX card to somebody, if you ever, if you have a good RX card, or you can just Google it and look, there's an image usually, just Google good RX card example, you will see the same thing. It'll be a different number. It'll have a different bin number, but it'll have that same thing. And so when you're handing, instead of your insurance card to the Piggly Wiggly pharmacist, you're handing them the GoodRx number, what are they doing? They're plugging in the bin number on that card. It's a different bin number. And that number is identifying who is the pharmacy benefit manager. It's also called a PBM, pharmacy benefit manager. You're hearing about this a lot now. Now this is May of 2023. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but you're hearing a lot about transparency and prescription drug pricing and costs and there's some new laws that came into effect where you have to disclose this stuff and it's good these laws are actually pretty good you know they are trying to pull back the curtain of all this money that's being made from the pharmaceutical companies but more importantly the pharmacy benefit managers they are the middleman between the the manufacturer of the drug and you the end user they serve a, a role they serve an important role in that transaction, but they're extracting a huge amount of value out of the system, which is inflating the cost because they're, because the system is designed. I won't get off track why, why it is, but just, just trust me that they are making a enormous amount of money when you take the cost of the drug. And I'll give you an example. Um, Humalog is a drug, I believe it's for diabetes. The cost of Humalog from the manufacturer is about $220 a dose. Uh, or a month, I think it is. So $220. But yet the drug cost when it hits the market is over $550. It may even be over 600 now. And so most of the money is not made by the manufacturer. It's made by the other people in the supply chain, specifically the pharmacy benefit manager. And so this is why the system is so expensive and, and, and it's so frustrating for people because of this abuse and, it, and because it's not being disclosed, no one knows how it works. So this is why we're talking about this. So you understand the basics of how this works so that if you wanna do something about it, you will know what to do. If you don't understand the system, you won't know what to do and you will simply say, there's nothing we can do. And you put your head in the sand. And that's fine if you wanna do that, but that doesn't change the situation that there are things you can do. You just choose not to, to, to know about them. So the PBM, the pharmacy benefit manager, that GoodRx number is diverting the money generated from your health insurance plan to GoodRx. They are getting those fees to process that drug. You might still pay the same copay. You might pay a little lower copay, right? It could be all over the place, but where is most of the money being generated? Is it in the copay you pay? or is it in the total cost of the, of the drug? It's the total cost. Humalog, it's $600, but you only maybe pay $50 copay. I'll give you another example. Ozembic is for type one diabetics, type one, oh, sorry, type one, type two diabetes, prediabetes. In some, in some cases, it's extremely effective. The copay on some of our clients for that drug is $45. It's, a, it's classified as a tier two, which is a whole nother discussion. Right, this is all arbitrary, but in that plan that we put in, we, we made it a tier two, which means it's a low copay for the employee. We wanted it to be low, so we triggered it at $45. The total cost is $900 a month or even more than that. 
that's a huge spread. And all that money, most of that money, not all of it, but most of it is going to the pharmacy benefit manager, who is who. When you give that yellow yellow card, who is the PBM? It's GoodRx. Instead of your insurance company, which is Anthem, Aetna, um, CareFirst, Highmark, whatever it is, right? UHC. Typically, those insurance companies are the PBM or own the company, which is the PBM. Optum RX is a PBM owned by United Healthcare. Um, CVS is a PBM, PBM that owns Aetna. Check that out. The PBM owns the insurance company. It's the reverse. There's, it's not Aetna owning, it's not Aetna CVS. That's not the name of the company. The, the name of the company, you can Google it. It's CVS Aetna. At CVS, the pharmacy piece, bought Aetna. Are you catching on to the power? That, like, where is the power? It's usually the person with their name first. Exxon Mobil, I lived through this. Exxon purchased Mobil oil years ago. I know, because I used to work for Mobil, and then it became Exxon Mobil, who had the power. Exxon, not Mobil. So understand how these, these PBMs work and how these cards work and the codes, and why is this important? Because if you want to reduce the cost of your healthcare, the best way to start, in my opinion, is with what's called low hanging fruit. It's the easy stuff. It's the stuff that's like way, just so outrageous. Like, okay, let's chop that in half. And that is the pharmaceutical cost. And not only is it low hanging fruit, but it's very minimally disruptive to the employees. It's almost not disruptive at all to the employees. And why is that? Because when you change your health plan, let's say this year from UHC to Anthem, or it doesn't matter, right? Do you tell your employees, oh, don't forget, your bin number's changing. Make sure to tell everyone your bin number. Your bin number's changing. Your bin number's changing. No. You didn't even mention, you don't even know what it is. Hand them the card. Hand them the card. Hand them the card might say UHC this year instead of Anthem, but you know, that doesn't matter really for most things. The bin number changed. That's why they asked for the pharmacy card. They don't care about the emblem on the card or the logo or the fancy tree or whatever it might be, the new name. They're looking for the bin number. That's all they care. So it's very little disruption to the employees because they just hand the card and it's behind the scenes. Like, they, But what happens when you ch can change the pharmacy benefit manager and there are things you can do as an employer. There are things you can do. If you're an employee, listen to this. Take Send this to, you, to your CFO or the owner of the company and say, we need to look at this because we're probably paying too much and this is low-hanging fruit. Trust me when I say this, you can save at least a third on your pharmacy spend, if not a 50% on what you spend as a company in the first year. I usually say a third. So the, the simple rule of thumb is if you're spending a million dollars a year in your total health care, that's employer plus employee contributions, right? What's the total premium? The entire company, it's a million dollars a year. The company's writing a check for $83,333 a month. It's a million bucks. A third of that on the low end is pharmacy. So let's, that's $300,000 of that Min, minimum. It's probably more, but minimum is pharmaceutical cost. And you cut that by a third, that means immediately you can chop off 10% of your budget 
$100,000 off a million for you math whizzes. 10%. Low hanging fruit. And that's on the low end. How do I know? Because we do this and we see claims reports. We get reporting. There are certain ways you can get reporting. You can't get it with fully insured plans. You've got to be creative. It's not scary. But I'm like, I want to know where my million bucks is going. And we now know clients that that venture into some some um, different funding mechanisms. It's like, whoa, oh my God, I didn't realize we were spending this. And then they see the, the numbers drop immediately and it's tangible. So if you want to learn more, check us out, midlandgroup.com. Glad to chat. Hope this is valuable. Pass it on if it is.